0: I need y'all to crawl Now what the hell are you waiting for After me, there should be no more So for one last time, nigga, make some noise and Riddle me that the rest of y'all know where I'm lurking yet. Can't none of y'all mirror me back. Yeah, hand me rap, it's like Angie rapping is prime. Um Young H O raps grateful dead, back to take over the globe. Now break bread, I'm in Boeing Jazz, global Express. Out of the country, but the blueberries still connect. On the low, but the yacht got a triple deck. But when you young with the puff respect, yep. Grand opening, grand closing. Got jab your manhole, crack the can open again. Who you gonna find over the hill with no pain, Just draw off inspiration. Who you gonna see? You can't replace him. with cheap imitation. These generations. can I get an encore. Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn Raw, So for one last time, I need y'all to brawl. What the hell? Is- you made
1: me do, look what I made for you, if I my dues, how will they
2: pay you, when you first... What's going on, cuz? Nothing much, how are you?
1: I'm doing good, what about you?
2: I'm doing pretty good.
1: That's good, that's good. So we got a lot of basketball to talk about, cuz. Where do we want to start? Of course we're going to talk about Roy Williams, that's like the most craziest thing that's happened today as far as sports goes. Um where do you want to start at?
2: Well, let's start with the biggest news. Uh we got to start with Roy.
1: Well sure. So Roy basically, you know, um basically made it known that he was getting ready to retire. Um after how many seasons? I wanna say is it was it twenty two or was it eighteen? How many seasons Eight. was it eighteen seasons?
2: Eighteen seasons at Carolina and the other years were at um Kansas, Kansas correct.
1: Yep. Right. So um basically, um, you know, he had a record of I wanna say maybe what, nine hundred and six wins, maybe three hundred and something losses. Can you agree on that? Yeah. So what do you feel like um as far as you know, everybody's intake on him retiring, how do you feel about that?
2: Well, when I first saw it, I thought it was a sick a- April Fool's joke. <laughs> um, It took our school by storm today. Um, right. Some kids were crying about it. A lot of the staff members were lost and confused. Um, As you already know, I worked with Teron Downey, who played it with fours, And so he thought it was <laughs> an April Fool's joke most of the day. Right. Um. And then the next question just ended up being, you know, like, what happened? And then the very next question <laughs> was, who's going to take over?
1: I think that's the biggest question of all questions.
2: Well, who's going to get, I, take over? I want to get to that after we just get, like, our initial thoughts out of the way on Roy. overall. Right. What were your thoughts on Roy?
1: Um. Well... I actually didn't think it was a joke at all. I kind of knew that he was a little different from coach K when it comes to, um, as far as how long he would coach, I feel like coach K is somebody that would actually die on the floor. Basically. We don't, I don't mean that literally, but you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, all of his years probably will be spent being a coach. Um, maybe Roy has other plans. He is 70 years old. Let's all keep that in mind. Um, um, So he is of age. Maybe he wants to spend the rest of his years maybe doing something. It doesn't necessarily have to pertain to basketball, but maybe he can do some things to motivate other um, kids or other athletes that actually um, want to become a basketball player. So I actually kind of understood that. um, I think for everybody, it was just kind of shocking number one, and it is April Fool's. So I, I guess people thought it was somewhat of a joke, but to me, I kind of sort of figured that time was coming for him. Um, as far as as um, as far as him being a coach, I felt like he was actually um, a pretty decent coach. Of course, you know, I am a, a Duke fan, so, you know, we go hard for Coach K. You know, that is our number one, but, you know, there's a lot to be said about him. He does have a lot of accomplishments up underneath his belt, so it will definitely be hard, um for someone to take his place after these eighteen seasons, and he actually had i think the second best record um besides other than dean of course um in carolina history so um he had he has a lot of he has a lot of stuff up underneath his belt a lot of achievements and i think him retiring it it was a bad idea to me I feel like you know he he's he's made his mark here. He made his mark at Carolina, and I think it's time for you know somebody else to come in and basically pick up the job.
2: Did you watch any of his um, of his press conference today? No, I didn't. it It was pretty sad because the the one of the reasons he gave for well the main reason he gave for retiring now he said he just didn't feel he was the guy for the job anymore. And Mm. he pointed to certain point times within, you know, the past couple of seasons where he felt that he cost the team, he cost his team the games. I think he named like six times. And I was just like, that's just brutal to even hear.
1: That's brutal to himself to even say that about himself. But at the same time, I respect the fact that he can honestly blame it on himself and not blame it on the players, the organization, and other people. You know what I mean? So I respect him for saying that, you know, he feels like he isn't the best coach for the job anymore, regardless of whether people think that or not. Um, But, you know, I'll ask you this. How do you feel about that comment that he stated? Do you feel like over the past couple of seasons, he's kind of lost his touch as being a coach? And he's made kind of bad decisions on play calling. I'll say
2: that. You yeah, there you're always going to make mistakes with play calling. I mean, that's that's that shouldn't be a sign of you to retire cuz that that's the case if we wouldn't have any coaches. Like that's that's part of the job is to make those mistakes, learn from them and adjust to them. Like we do it every year. But it hurt because it's just like wow. Like Right. the fact that he put all of that on himself it was very yeah. it was very it was very it made me want to look in the mirror a little bit right It's like wow yeah. how how do you put well, all of that on you um I, well, I, told, I told a kid a couple of weeks ago at school I said the biggest problem with Roy was he wasn't evolving. He's been running Carolina Secondary Break forever. Dean Smith was running it since before we were born. And so I just right. felt that... You know what I'm saying? Like I just felt that that traditional Carolina Secondary Break stuff, it needed to evolve. It was over. And I didn't say it was over, but that's not the day and age we're in anymore. We're not in the age of having three or four big men that go in there and grab rebounds, back to the basket, back you down and dunk on you. We're not at that stage of basketball anymore. Will it come back around? For sure. But I just feel that Roy didn't evolve. The type of players he brought into the program didn't evolve. Like when Carolina's not getting one and dones every single year, something's, something's awry. Um, Even I've said numerous times the recruiting class that he's bringing in has some questionable guys in it. I'm just like, not sure if they're going to, if that's a good fit, or I'm not sure that's the right type of kid that they are actually looking for. And once that type of stuff starts happening, and then you had the rumors of all these different kids planning on leaving the program and all that type of stuff, It, it just became different. I will say that. Right. But I will say, the new generation, of kids, they're a different animal. Um, well, they, they want you to coach them, but then they don't want you to coach them. They want you to be hard on them, then they don't want you to be hard on them. No, like yeah. Calipari, John Calipari said one time, he was doing an interview, and he said that players, uh, pl- players like coming to him because he keeps he like they like for him to keep it real. And so he's like, all right, you told me to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real with you. And they're like, wait, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, not me. Keep it real with him. Keep it real with him. Don't keep it real with me. And that's this generation of kids. They want you to be hard on them. They want you to be hard on their peers, right? Like, yeah, coach, you better Mm -hmm. get them. But once you start, once you turn that finger and you start pointing that finger at them, a lot of them shy away from that. And that's just the generation of kids that that we're dealing with. And so, an old school coach like Roy Williams, which he made, which he brought up that point at the press conference too, that, you know, he's an old school type of coach. So he believes right. things should be done in a certain fashion. An old school type of coach like that, you know, it's probably not a good time for them in the current la- landscape of college basketball.
1: Well, one thing that I will say is I'm pretty sure you've heard this saying before. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And when I no. say this, I don't mean that he's just somebody that's, you know, he's an old school coach, but he doesn't feel like, I don't feel like he he can actually hang with the, with the new type of playing, play styling that they have. I don't mean it that way. What I'm saying is you just said that he was an old school type of coach. He learned from one of the best, which was Dean Smith. So with that being said, his the way that he organized his whole team and how they their style of playing was based off of what what he learned from Dean and what he was already basically, you know, he wanted to do for the team himself. But nowadays, this is the problem where it came with Roy to where I felt like he might have lost a little bit of his confidence when he said that at his press conference. Number one, a lot of people have been complaining about the fact of the people that they're recruiting, number one. Number two, they're complaining about his play calling at the end of games. And number three, people are complaining about basically the plays. You know what I mean? Not not at the end of game calling, but just within the game itself. Not calling timeouts when you're supposed to, not running these plays. But also I've noticed, like you said, there are not a lot of big guys out here that are the same way that they used to be. Hell, it's really not too many big guys that are – really, to be honest, actually bigger guys are getting more athletes. They're more all-around players instead of playing that specific position. Um, But for me, I think that he always has decent guards, but they never fully develop. It's been years since I've actually seen a player from Carolina – Fully developed. Like, um, let me see somebody that I can use as an example. Um, I
2: think Todd Lawson was his best one.
1: Right. And and behind that, the only reason why I'll say Danny Green is because Danny Green has rings behind his name. You know what I mean? And he has championships from being with Roy and championships from other teams being in the NBA. So I feel like Danny would probably be right now his – his greatest prize, possession. You know what I'm saying? As far as who he's coached, Ty Lawson Ooh. probably would be first, but I put Dan second. Um, no, the um,
2: prize, the prize is the guy that's the ACC all-time leading the scorer in Tyler Hansborough. Like when you think about guys that just,
0: mean,
2: but the, yeah, I'm talking about but, like guys that just Roy coached. Like yeah, I'm but, thinking about just, just, just college careers. Yeah, Tyler Hansborough, Tyler Hansborough the is
1: a center, though. He, well, he played power forward, center. But well, yeah. Oh, you as, talking about guards? Yeah, as far My as bad. guards yeah. go? Guards. I haven't really seen too many guards develop from Carolina, to be honest. I haven't seen in a while. Now, as well, far as Tyler I'll Hansborough? Give you two.
2: Though, I'll give you two. Ty Lawson, Marcus Page. Those mm. the only two. The only two in 16 years.
1: I like Marcus Page. He's all right. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like for me there were a lot of things, like like you said, the game was changing. Things were evolving. They were there. everybody was changing their their way of, of playing and, and their way of coaching. And he just really wasn't hit to that. And I think he kinda sort of noticed that around him. And not saying he didn't really want to change, but maybe he just wasn't the the right coach. To change the way that they were expecting him to, because like I said, he the man's seventy years old. He's he's coached eighteen seasons. Half he had half at Kansas, and then he had the other half at Carolina. I, I feel like he's made. Like I said, I feel like he's made his mark. I feel like there's really, really no much for him to do. I feel like he's done what he's needed to do. Somebody else to step up to the plate, and I'm actually curious to know, or even to think who they actually have in mind.
2: Who are, right. so I have a list that I saw earlier. Then I have the list that I put up for my, that myself thought about. Who? So I'm going to go to you first though. Who would you want to see coach the North Carolina Tar Heels? Give me, give me your list. Every name that you could possibly think of, and let me see if yours match mine's.
1: Jerry Stackhouse. Okay. Number two, the guy that that was an assistant coach beside Coach K, he went to another school, correct? John Cable.
2: Jeff Cable. Yeah, he's at Pittsburgh.
1: I would have wanted to see him, maybe, even though that sounds crazy for him to go to Carolina. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But <laughs> I wouldn't mind him going cuz I think he's he's pretty solid. I actually wouldn't mind John Shire just because, you know, somebody played at Duke or coached somewhere, it, it's more than likely you wouldn't see them coach at a rival team. You know what I mean? I haven't seen anybody do that yet anyway. But um number 3, um I would probably say somebody that played for them once upon a time. I, I did mention Jerry Stackhouse, but, hell. Uh, I can't.
2: A lot of people are saying Wes Miller, the coach from UNCG.
1: Mm, I don't see that. <laughs> I don't.
2: I mean, he played for Roy.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so, that's what a lot of people are saying. All right, I'm going to read you. you want, do there. you want my list? Yeah. So what?
1: I said Taran could go over there if he really wanted to. No.
2: If he really um, up for,
1: you know up for the task.
2: Do you want my list or do you want the list that I saw online first?
1: All right, tell me your list and then tell me the one you seen online.
2: All right, my list. Here are my people that I think should be first in line for the UNC basketball job. All right, I got Wes Miller.
1: Okay. Before you name the people, when you name them, name exactly who they are because I might you know more coaches than I do, so you might have oh. to Okay.
2: Tell me gotcha. who- what Wes Miller, the current head coach at UNC G. Okay. Mark Few, the head coach at Gonzaga. This one's going to hurt you. This one's going to hurt you.
1: Don't say what I think you said. Don't say Brad Stevens.
2: Brad Stevens, the coach of the Boston Celtics. Wow. And then here's the here's the one that everybody fights me on. They they've been fighting me on this one all day. And they're just saying there's no way, it's not possible, John Calipari.
1: What the hell type of five? Okay, please explain to me each and every one of these people and why they are on your list.
2: Which one you want me to start with? I want John
1: Calipari. <laughs> I want to know. Tell, matter of <laughs> fact, let's get to him second. Tell me why you want Brad Stevens to leave the Boston Celtics to come over there to coach. Carolina which actually wouldn't be a bad idea because Brad Stevens actually kind of fits that role slightly. You feel what I'm saying? But then who would take on the who would be the coach for the Boston Celtics if Brad Stevens leaves?
2: They'll find somebody cuz I think if they don't have a good year, I think they're going to be looking to go in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. So this could be his this this could be his way of leaving before they drop the hammer on him. And so, I was thinking, okay, br- people been trying to put Brad Stevens back in the college basketball world for over three or four years now. Three years. I say three years. The past three years, people have been saying, okay, Tom Brad Stevens to come back to college basketball. They thought he was going to take the Indiana job. He said no monster to that. He didn't want it. What other job? There's only been... Two legitimate coaches for the University of North Carolina. Dean Smith, Roy Williams. Those two coaches got all the championships, all the glory. True. And so that would be something that I think would be enticing to a Brad Stevens. Mm. Hmm. The aura. Like so that. you're leaving the Boston Celtics and going to a program as huge as the University of North Carolina. That that's a, yeah. That's when's, when's the last time one of these blue blood jobs have been open?
1: Yeah, let's be honest. This is a very big job that anybody would be accepting. You know what I mean? So this is just not no or No more. This isn't an ordinary school. Number two, this is their job. He's not an ordinary coach, so therefore anybody that takes on this job has to be one of the best. So, yeah, Brad Stevens said he didn't want to coach the other team. But this, you're right, this would be the perfect opportunity for him to get a little bit of glory by being over there coaching for Carolina. Now,
2: why
1: why in the world would you think that the Gonzaga coach is going to go over to Carolina? Tell me that.
2: All right, here's the big thing. He's 30 and 0 right now playing for a national championship, True. right? 16, 17 years ago, Roy Williams was playing for a national championship when the Carolina job came open. All right. He lost the championship game and said, I don't give two S words about Carolina. Then two weeks later, he was the head coach. All right, so 16, 16 years, almost to the day, this job is open again.
1: Mm.
2: The hottest coach in college basketball the past, past five years has been Mark Few. He's been the big fish in the small pond. Why not? Take that oppor- take this opportunity, leave your comfort zone, and come come over, and test your medal against Coach K for the next three or four years, or however long Coach K is gonna be around. Right. Test your medal in a really competitive conference, for once. Hmm.
1: You might have a point there. You might have a good point there. Um.
2: Now, you want me to get the call apart? Yes,
1: please, please, please get the call apart, please. I got to hear this.
2: Okay. So, people said, Brian, you're crazy. He got the lifetime contract at Kentucky. He got the 10-year deal, whatever. If they were to fire him, he would get 30 to $40 million out the gate. Like I get all that. I get it. But like we just said, this is the biggest, most premier job in college basketball. Who is the biggest name in college basketball when it comes to coaches? Who's the most polarizing coach?
1: That's true. Mm -hmm. But you can say, say, say say Bill Self isn't either.
2: Bill Self is polarizing for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna have to talk about <laughs> him in a little bit, anyways. But Bill Self is pol- polarizing for all the wrong reasons right now. C- Carolina wouldn't touch him with anything, right? You
1: now. have a point there.
2: <laughs> but John Calipari is probably the most famous coach in college basketball.
1: Yeah, you're right. And you,
2: and you. Pair him with the prestige and the legacy of uh, North Carolina
1: oh, with the that, back end
2: of I would Jordan. I love
1: to see him rival against Coach K. Oh.
2: And that was going to be my last point. Oh. Yeah. That was going to be my last
0: point right there. To be
1: honest... If you was gonna say him, I'll put him number two over the Gonzaga coach. I wouldn't put Ooh. him at five. I'll put the coach from UCG at five.
2: Calipari, to me, if I'm Carolina, I'm on the phone with him right now
1: because
2: mm. he might need a reset. He's not. He's not the type of coach that can go to one place for 30 years and be satisfied. He's always looking for something different, something to keep him going. I think him at Carolina for 10 plus years would give him something to keep going for. You never a
1: point there. I almost definitely agree now,
2: on that. I would hate it for and what we think, what we say, one of big, Carolina's biggest problems was? Recruiting.
0: Yeah. Who's the best recruiter in basketball?
1: Other than Coach K, of course,
2: yeah, it would probably be John Calipari. So that just makes sense. And think about it; he's getting people to go to Lexington, Kentucky, to go play. <laughs> put him in Chapel Hill, North Carolina.
1: Have you been to Franklin Street before? Yeah, I've been there. Have you seen that campus? Yeah, I've seen the campus. Campus pretty huge. Yeah, they have you seen
2: the women over there, low? No,
1: of course I ain't paying attention to that bullshit. But you know, you you, you do <laughs> definitely have a point there. But like I said, if you're gonna put him up there at five, don't put him at bottom five. He deserves to be first. If you're gonna say it like that, you're no, put I, it that way. Put him first. Don't put the coach from you. I put him.
2: First. I said him last so I could get the reaction that I got out of you.
1: Oh. Well, yeah, you got the reaction you wanted.
2: Um, yeah, because I I it was a slow build. See see, because when I said Brad Stevens, you were like, okay.
1: Yeah, and that then kind of when threw I me dropped off. that
2: final hammer on you, that's when you exploded. That's what I wanted.
1: I mean, Brad Stevens went over there, then I salute him. You know what I mean? It out of all those I five, you, I would say John and Brad are really looking like but see what's so crazy is I feel like they're going to choose somebody they have no business choosing and that's when everything is just going to fall apart. All
2: right, I'm going to I'm going to give I'm going to I'm going to talk to you about the list that I saw online. You mm-hmm. ready for this? Mhm. Hubert Davis, who is currently an assistant on the staff.
1: Mhm.
2: Mark Thank Few you. from Gonzaga. Jared Haas, the coach of Stanford. Antoine Jameson, who's an assistant coach mm, for the Wizards. I forgot about Antoine. Wes Miller, the coach at UNCG.
1: They actually
2: coaches. Nate Oates. No, th- they're not considered. This is a list of who people think should be okay. on, um, considered for the job. Nate Oates, who's the coach mm-hmm. of Alabama. Kenny Smith. Who works for TNT NBA. Mm-hmm. Jerry Stackhouse, who works for Vanderbilt, who's the head coach of Vanderbilt. And then this one right here, there's no chance in hell this would happen. But for this person even to be mentioned says a lot. Don Staley, the coach of South Carolina. Wow. Mm.
1: That one was a shocker.
2: That's a legit shocker, right? Hmm. Um, And then one name that I've heard just people throughout the day just texting back and forth that they've mentioned. Um, And Stephen A. Smith even said something about it today. And there's a a lot of momentum behind this person's name. Lavelle Moten, the head coach at North Carolina Central.
1: Oh, wow. Hmm.
2: There's been a lot of momentum behind him. And people wanted him to get an opportunity for that job.
1: I agree. I definitely so, agree. So
2: the only issue is, why would he leave a place where he's already the Roy Williams or the Coach K? True. So that's so that's the thing too. But those are the names. So shockingly, you and I didn't have any names in common.
1: <laughs> True. Well. Wow, there are lists I I mean, it's just so many people that could definitely be considered for the job on so many, you know, levels in different ways Uh, it's just kind of hard to actually just give one legitimate person that you feel like is good for the job because I mean, it's a lot of people but I'm interested in seeing who they're actually going to be really close to considering like, I'm pretty sure eventually in the next press conferences so they're going to ask so have y'all thought about anybody that who y'all thinking of first to be the head coach
2: well they're saying that press conference is going to be at 7 o'clock where they're going to start asking questions about that
1: yeah we definitely got to. day we definitely got to take a look at that that's definitely going to be a must see Um.
2: and how long do you think the coaching search would go on because this is peak time for recruitment
1: uh, to be honest, probably until the next season starts.
2: It can't go that long. You you got to get out there. You got to go recruit. You got to do your off-season workout. You got to do your preseason workout. <laughs>
1: I'll give them a good month and a half.
2: A month? Yeah. That's, That's a long time.
1: I know, but it's like like I said, they have. You can't really. Speed up the process of choosing who you want to choose at the same time. This is not just any team we're talking about, we have to yes. choose wisely. Yeah. And we're the person that's leaving is very, is a really big asset to the team and to the whole college itself. So, yeah, they're gonna have to take their time to make a decision with this one.
2: I agree, but <laughs> oof, what a way to start off!
1: I now. know it's crazy. It's now crazy. we're gonna,
2: it is crazy um good luck to Carolina, good luck to coach Roy Williams on whatever he decides to do next. Yes. But now let's segue into one of the reasons that I think his deci- his decision was what well, he actually said in the press conference that this very topic that we're going to go over helped confirm his decision to retire. The transfer portal. Okay. The Division One College Basketball Transfer Portal. Um, this was put into place to have a database for – the intentions of it was nice. A, it was supposed to be a simple database for college kids that wanted to transfer to put their names in so other coaches can see them, look at their profile, see their major and the grade point average and get film on them and contact information, that type of deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, now it's just basically turned into college basketball's version of free agency, right? Especially, especially with the NCAA going with going to this um, one-time transfer rule. Plus, this year didn't go towards anybody's eligibility because it was a shortened season due to COVID. So it's just made a big mess. Um, for those that don't know. The transfer rule used to be, if you transferred, you had to sit out the very next season. Right. And if you, if there was a reason for your transfer that the NCAA considered to be legitimate, then they would grant you a waiver. So if a family member was sick and you wanted to go back and be close to that family member, they would grant you a waiver and you would be eligible to play right away.
0: Right,
2: or the grad, like if a, gra- a, ki- a kid graduates from a school and they still got a year of eligibility left, you can co- tr- then transfer to another school and play that last year as a grad student, and you can play that very next year. So that's the origin of the rule. Now, between the portal, the one time transfer rule, one time transfer means If you transfer from a school one time, you're eligible to play right away. But if you then leave that school to transfer somewhere else, you have to sit out a year. So now, right. So Carolina was in danger of losing a lot of players to the transfer portal. They lost Walker Kessler, who probably would have been their best player on next year's basketball team. Um, I think Roy Williams started giving started giving comparisons to Tyler Hansborough at one point this past year. Which if he's comparing you to Tyler Hansborough, then you got to be special. So you when you look at that and then apparently there's other guys considering leaving, parents upset, stuff like that. That made it easier for Roy to want to retire. Um but I guess I want not know, what's your thoughts on the transfer portal?
1: Um, well, for me, a lot of people did actually mention a lot of things about Carolina and um, how they recruit their players. Before I mentioned that, I did hear you say something about a lot of the players were thinking about transferring, basically. So, mm-hmm. uh, do you know any of the players like specific or you know how many players there were?
2: I don't, but it was it was said that it was going to be a dark day for Carolina history um in the next couple of weeks,
1: so um, do you feel like a lot of the players are gonna end up leaving or are gonna end up leaving?
2: I feel I feel that there were gonna be I would say maybe three to four. With one of them being Walker Kessler who's already out the door and announced he was in the transfer portal.
1: So when you okay, let me make sure that I understand the actual whole process of being traded in when it comes to college basketball. Um so if a player actually wishes to be transferred how many days do they have to how many days are they given to enter the portal
2: there's a deadline date i don't know what it is off the top of my head but there's a certain date that your name has got to be entered into the transfer portal in order for you to be able to transfer schools
1: so with that being said um do you feel like the whole team itself will be leaving
2: I don't think the I don't think the whole team was going to leave. I think it was probably gonna be three or four guys. And then which in college basketball, that's a lot of guys leaving your program in one year. But I think it was I thought it was gonna be three or four guys that were gonna that were gonna leave. Um Dayron Sharp put his name in the NBA draft. Walker Kessler put his name in the transfer portal. Um, I was thinking that Caleb Love maybe was going to try to transfer and go somewhere else. Um, I There were just guys that you thought, you know, that you could kind of see like, okay, they might not be able to cut it. You know what I'm saying? They might not want to be around much longer type of deal. Um, but yeah, there is a deadline date. I don't know what that date is. But so with the transfer portal once you put once you enter your name into the portal it's open season on you all every school can start recruiting you
1: mm-hmm. so uh how many players so it's like 1000 plus players that's in the portal that are allowed to enter the portal
2: so here's the deal when you look at division 1 basketball there are 4,500 scholarship players, okay? In the portal, as of yesterday, I haven't checked the numbers today, there are 1,000, over 1,500 players that have put their name in the transfer. Wow.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I don't really know what's going to go on along with that team. However, I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's too many players to be in 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 a, in a portal to be transferred.
2: Um, absolutely. And I think that the thing about it is, there's four thousand five hundred scholarships. Right. There's one thousand five hundred players in the portal right now. So it's actually hurting high school kids more so than it's hurting college kids but some of these college kids that put their name in the portal won't be playing Division 1 basketball next year because there just won't be a scholarship for them
1: see that's the part that the kind of like you know disappointing part about it you know what I mean yeah you know there's not really enough scholarships for everyone well, actually, there is. If you say that's like forty two hundred, but there's a thousand plus people, there's enough scholarships really for everybody. However, that doesn't mean everybody's going to be recruited.
2: <clears throat> no, there's not enough scholarships because if it's fifteen hundred people in the portal, think about kids that are coming in from high school. That's going to take us some those scholarships too.
1: True, true. Uh well, I'm just really, I'm just really interested in just. There's a lot of things. After this season is over in college basketball, there are a lot of things that they have to get situated. And I'm not just not even talking about trading-wise, coaching-wise, COVID, all of that. They have a lot of things and a lot of policies that they need to change or upgrade, rather.
2: Well, here's my thoughts on the transfer rule. I think the transfer rule needs to go back to the way it was. I think it should be if you transfer in schools, you have to sit out a year. If there is a legitimate reason for you to leave, family emergency, those type of things, if there's legitimate reasons like that, then I think NCAA should be able to grant waivers. Now, my thing with the NCAA is they need to move faster when it comes to these things because too many times they take their precious little time getting this stuff done. Right. So I want NCAA to speed up the process on getting the waivers cleared or not. It shouldn't take you... There should be a, a department... Just for I that.
1: agree. I agree most like, definitely.
2: Like you look over the waiver papers, mom, mom's, mom's sick, dad sick, grandma sick, whatever, whoever's sick, or whatever, or the school doesn't offer the major I had I want or right. stuff like that, right? Automatically you get your you get your waiver requested granted. If it's strictly for basketball reasons, you sit out a year. I agree. Coach, coach, don't play me the way I want. Okay, we'll sit out a year. Then you can play <laughs> exactly. other school. And I would keep the grad transfer rule the same. So that means you graduate college, you still have a year of eligibility left, if you want to go mm-hmm. play somewhere else. Right. All by all means, go right on ahead and do that for that one year. And enjoy the rest of your life. So that's what I think should happen with that. But at the end of the day, I'm also and I'm and I'm part of the problem <laughs> as well. We got we have to start holding I don't hold kids holding these kids accountable just isn't the right phrase anymore. Cause accountability accountability does not exist with this generation mm-hmm. of children. But we have to do a better job of Being tougher on these, right? I
1: agree.
2: Every time, every time a coach doesn't do something you don't like, is not you know, like we grew up under with the understanding we're 27, so just imagine how much the world has changed in the years you know, since we were in school. You didn't transfer high schools because you were mad at the I think
1: a lot of that started happening when they started doing the play calling that way. Once they started doing that, it just seemed like everybody just felt like they needed to have some sort of advantage in some type of way. You know what I mean? Whether it be on or off the court. To be honest, I really don't want
2: to. I mean, but think about it. But I
1: know a lot of people are going to lie.
2: Did, Did anybody. Go ahead. Do you think, like, think back? Think back. Did anybody, when we were in high school, transfer to high schools because they didn't like the coach?
1: No. But this is the thing. I'm gonna tell you the difference of how things are now and what they used to be like. Back then, people actually lived for the game, and I'm not saying game now. But what I'm saying is it used to be so harder just to get in to play ball. You feel what I'm saying? Because there were so many legitimate people yeah. that were like that. Even the drafts that we used to watch, we was to go back right now and flip on the TV and go back to, to 2000, 2001, 2002 drafts. And you look at all of those decent players that they bypassed and chose this player who might have gotten injured, who might have just simply fell off. But it's a simple fact that now a lot of players have became ungrateful. Number one, when a player feels like they are of a, their athletic performance is off the charts, meaning whatever sport they're playing, whether it may be basketball, football, baseball, et cetera, this all applies to the same thing. When you're a player and you might be the best on your team, that does not mean that you have an advantage as far as when you're when you're an athlete you have the same privileges the other athletes have the only difference is you might be a little bit more skilled and a little bit more gifted than the other players but that doesn't mean that they get they get to not go to practice or they get to choose of course if you're the best player in college, then of course you're going to the best team available in the NBA or what have you is going to want to, is going to want to have you on their team. But that doesn't mean that you degrade, not necessarily degrade all the other players, but you don't put them on the back burner. You feel me? And a lot of that over mm-hmm. the years, and to be honest, like I said, I was getting ready to say earlier, I didn't want to mention LeBron James because I like I said, I really don't have nothing against LeBron James. But when he came into the league, everybody thought he was he he was already crowned king. You feel what I'm saying? Because they knew what he was getting ready to come into the NBA out of high school to they knew what he was getting ready to do and what he was gonna become. Everybody knew that. However, once he got there, he had special privileges. And once he got it and he knew that he could do this or he could bring these people to this team where I could be the coach and I don't need Teron Luke. Like, when all of that stuff starts to happen, other players feel like they can do it too. And it puts other players on the back burner. And then you have people that are in college to where they have to be in the, in, in, the, um, in the shadow of another player. Because they're in the spotlight right at the time. Of course, you're going to want to transfer then. I think I'm popping. I think I'm a baller. But I got to be in his shadow because right now he's looked to be the best player in the league or the best player in college. So I might not get all of my shine, or I might not even be seen all because they're too busy looking at him. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that that bothers me.
2: And we'll talk about this guy, too. Think about what Jalen Johnson right. did at Duke this year. Right, he's the he's gonna be the poster child for the start of this generation. In the same season, Jalen Johnson just up and decided to leave. Dude, is the same year Roy Williams was like, yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I know two different schools or whatever, but golly, think about it: Jim Beham, Roy Williams, Coach K. Those are the last of an of a breed.
1: You're you're right. You're right.
2: And, and so just to think about how somebody like a Coach K has a kid just to walk out of the program.
1: I know. You know this this whole situation is just gonna be crazy. And I know Carolina fans are sick right now. You know what I mean? Because it's almost like starting a whole other organization all over again. You know what I mean? The person. The person that comes, it's just like like starting from scratch. No no matter if they have tenure behind them or not, they're still, when they get there, they still have to start from scratch at that university. Their reputation starts when they they reach the floor.
2: Nobody else in college sports outside of Mike Krzyzewski has three championships.
1: Exactly. That's why I said it's going to take them a little bit more time, as it should to choose who they need to choose to become the head coach. Um, because before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on um, basically who's going to win the championship for college basketball.
2: Oh, that's an easy <laughs> question.
1: <Guns laughs> well, you know, we had to talk about it since we are talking about college basketball. We couldn't really, you know, go ahead and close this out with actually, without actually mentioning who we thought was going to win the championship those
2: were my same thoughts exactly. I mean, because they're the most complete team. Uh, They have, they have a one and done player at named Jalen slugs that plays point guard for them, but their one and done player fits into their scheme and what, how they like to play basketball. He's surrounded by a bunch of juniors and seniors. That's going to help him get the job done. Exactly, And, they just have the perfect combination of a really talented young player and a bunch of old guys that have been together for three or four years. And so while all these other teams were playing catch up and teams trying to get to un- know each other and to understand how to play with each other, this group already know- knew how to do it. All they had to do was just bring in the young guy who was the most talented mm-hmm. guy on their team, and it just took off and went man, crazy. They have this some
1: crazy length on their squad, man. Crazy.
2: Oh, Gonzaga Gonzaga by far has the the best and the deepest team no in college doubt. basketball No this doubt, year, for sure and as long as they and Mark Few recruits a certain type of a guy now that's one thing that I would say if he was to take the Carolina job that I'd be fearful of because you can't recruit his type of guy and then go and beat Mike Krzyzewski true you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to play. You have to go get some five stars, which is why John Calipari is the best guy for the job.
1: He might be, but we definitely going to have to tune in to see who is going to be the head coach of North Carolina University.
2: Wait, we can't leave yet because we got, there's two more, other, there's two other coaching changes that happen. Well, the three, but the other one I don't really care about too much. Shaka Smart left Texas and went to Market. I
1: like Marquette.
2: Um, I, from what I understand, the athletic department at Texas told Shaka Smart, um, "Feel free to go look at look go look for another job because we don't want you back." Basically, and so he goes to a job with less stress. Less you know dealing with alums and boosters and money people and all that type stuff, so he took that job and left on with and left on with it.
1: Well, you, that you actually gotta look at the man's record if I'm not mistaken, he's like what a hundred and eighty six he's like a hundred and five or six wins and like eighty seven losses. I think it's about time for him to maybe you know kind of sort of see what's out there I don't I don't think that's really a good record to be honest maybe Texas really wasn't feeling that anymore you know what I mean maybe it's trying to try something different different team different players sometimes playing styles for certain coaches don't really fit how they are trying to coach which is kind of sort of what Roy was trying to mention in his press conference
2: well that's for sure because the type of guy that you have to recruit at Texas is not the type of guy that's going to run up and down the floor and full-court press you and dive on the floor and take charges and dive out of bounds or lose balls. That's not the type of players you're going to get at a place like Texas. Um, so I think that Marquette, he could put that identity I out there he a little actually bit
1: better. wanted to go somewhere. Well, actually, I think he wanted to go to Marquette because if I'm not mistaken, like maybe, who was it, like five or six years ago, they were trying to get him to come over there?
2: Yeah, and he said the time wasn't the right. The
1: time is now, and now he's the head coach. Um, I'm actually interested in just seeing how his playing style matches up with the um players that he has.
2: Well, I think at Marquette, he'll go back to being able to get the type of players that right. he actually wants.
1: Yeah, most definitely.
2: Uh, I, think, I think that'll be the biggest difference. And so, with that job being open, a lot of people saw this coming. I didn't believe this was going to happen, but Chris Beard is leaving Texas Tech and going to
1: Texas. Wow. So... I didn't see that. Yeah, happening. I definitely did He didn't go too so, far.
2: So, Chris Beard, the guy, Chris Beard is the same guy that in seven years, he's coached five different teams. So, maybe now he's at a place where he's going to be loved and well-respected and he's the type of guy he's going to go to all those boosters, dinners, and shake hands and kiss babies and all that good stuff. The type of thing that shock is smart like that guy. I just want to coach basketball. Well, Chris Beard, he's one coaches basketball, but he's also gonna be able to go and handle that business as well. Um I think it's a great hire for for Texas. It's just weird for him going from Texas Tech. Well, to Texas.
1: One thing I Same can't say about Chris everything. Beard, what I do know about him, because if I'm not mistaken, he did coach at Arkansas. Arkansas for a year or so, if I'm not mistaken. And within that mm-hmm. year, I thought what they had like 30 wins, tournament appearance, and like a the first round of set to it was Purdue, if I'm not mistaken. That's yep. pretty good just to spend one season at a school. So I'm pretty sure if he can do that and actually take them somewhere, I'm pretty sure he won't have any problems at Texas Tech. Texas, he went to Texas Tech, right? Or Texas.
2: He's going to, te- he's leaving Texas yeah. Tech and so, going to Texas. Yeah.
1: He'll be fine. I actually like Chris Beard.
2: I like Chris Beard it was too. Was just like, brother.
1: I wasn't expecting you to send him to go to Texas. but... Um, uh...
2: And how do you feel about Mike Woodson at Indiana? That's the job I don't care about. But
1: I don't like Mike. He was an NBA coach. Or... I don't even know why. That's just me. <laughs> when you said his name, I automatically thought about that beard. This is a guy I just can't figure out why he's always moving to team after team. And I mean, y'all have sat here and spent years watching this man do absolutely nothing for every team he gets on. And y'all are still hiring him to coach places. It's getting on my damn nerves. Seriously, just sit the damn man down and stop giving him jobs. Seriously.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, he's on his way to the University of Indiana. Um, They wanted somebody that had a connection to the Bob Knight era, and it was him. And they wanted somebody with some NBA experience, which is him.
1: He definitely can't coach Um, NBA basketball. We know that. Because that damn Knicks team was pure garbage. <laughs> well, I don't even know why he's still around. But anyway, cuz, we're going to wrap this up with, with Woodson. Because, uh, yeah, that that's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cuz. Well, we All right, we're going to have to do a part two of this. Because we definitely didn't Get to get to the NBA part because there's a lot of stuff that we need to talk about that's happening in the NBA right now as we speak. So we definitely got to do a part two of getting back at this. So I'm gonna uh, wrap this up, cuz I'm gonna I'm gonna holler at you later. All right. All right.
2: All right. Talk to you later.